From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Oftentimes, creating a sense of purpose from a difficult and challenging time is the drive that someone needs to keep pushing through. Cookie Joe founded Cookie Joe's Dance in School 45 years ago and works daily to inspire her dancers, their families, and the community that she has built. Despite battling stage two breast cancer, Cookie Joe has called on her community for support and they have rallied around her. She knows that one in eight of her dancers are going to experience breast cancer and understands how important it is for the kids to see her persevere in the face of difficult odds. Here to share her story and how she's using her role to create purpose through community is Cookie Joe. Cookie Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I am really excited to talk to you. You've got such a, a great persona already, uh, but let's let's start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your breast cancer journey. Well, the first thing about me is that I am a dancer and been in show business my whole life. And so I have, um, and I have a school, like you said, was for 45 years because I wanted to be one of those people that continued the vision of training kids to dance and be in show business, but doing it with a, a balance and build their confidence and not tear them down. And so there was a big um, decision on my part to be a special kind of school where it was the kids could go into professional careers, but at the same time, they weren't going to be crazy and need therapy, hopefully. But not because of me anyway. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm 70 years old, very close to 70 years old. And I was I've, I withstood double hip replacement eight years ago. And I was back on top. I was doing cartwheels, triple pirouettes, in show, you know, performing. And it was in teaching every day. You know, it's, we teach six days a week, seven hours a day. And I was bench pressing my body weight, just absolutely on top of the world. And I was telling my husband, you know, we're counting our blessings and realize that with every mountain, there's a valley. And to be prepared that, you know, you know we can, we got to be prepared that a valley is coming. And within two weeks, I um, found out I had breast cancer. And I found my own lump. And that's the thing about being, you know, proactive. I'd never missed a uh, mammogram. I was very, I'm very health oriented. I eat clean. I work out. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Um, I could not be a better specimen of, you know, being in shape and taking care of myself. And uh, yet, you know, I found a lump. And of course, typical cookie, this must be a pulled muscle. My pectorals are so, you know, so well. So so a couple of weeks took me for me to actually get, uh, go into the next step. Uh, we are in the Houston area, which of course is MD Anderson, which is where most people in the world want to come if you have cancer. So the things I heard, if you're going to have cancer, have breast cancer. If, if you're a woman and if you're going to live somewhere, do it near MD Anderson. But I knew I was going to make it purposeful. I knew I wasn't going to surrender to despair. So my mantra has been choose joy every day. Choose joy. You know, No matter what, you can choose joy. And, and it's been difficult because not every day is sunny. I don't want to give the false impression that because it's just like uh, we... You know, and of course, with a lot of sharing with other people who've gone through it, the stages of grief, you know, the stages of acceptance and denial and guilt and anger and everything, because it comes in waves. But one thing I have been able to do is I've been able to show up at my school smiling and, you know, in hugging kids, being part. But, you know, I got my diagnosis during the worst of the COVID. So I heard my diagnosis. I went to all my appointments alone because no one was allowed to go, which I think is a terrible thing to have to do, but it is what it is. And we all suffered in some way during this time and still do. So I'm, you know, I, one thing I've learned is I'm not unique. 
like you said, one in eight women are going through this. And I, women have been survivors for 20 years, 30 years, you know, and so I'm, I'm very aware that I'm, I'm special, but I'm not unique. But, uh, so I go to school, I, you know, I show up at the dance school. Uh, one thing about me, I'm very faith driven and it's very important to me that the children are verbalizing that they're praying for me every day and then they see me every day smiling and healthy that they see prayers are answered. And that's important to me. So, um, but one of the things that I did, because I have a very large school and I'm very involved in the community. And of course with COVID, you couldn't do a lot of stuff is that I decided MD Anderson was having a blood shortage. So we did a blood drive. And I told them, I said, I will bring 100 people to give blood. And they laughed. And they said, there's no way. We can't even get 12 to show up sometimes. We had over 100 people show up to give blood at my school over a two-day. Um, and some of the kids who came were my former students who had never given blood before. I'm going to cry because it was for their Miss Cookie they did it. Um, uh, we didn't have a hundred donors because it, you know, people are very careful about whose blood they take, but hundred, over a hundred people showed up to support me and give the blood. So I thought that was very special. So, um, that was one of the things we did. I've been very, um, high profile in, in being a kind of a poster child for breast cancer to give women, uh, encouragement to not just depend on the mammogram and to be a lot of self-care and self-awareness. And also I'm part of the sisterhood because when you see people with the same hairdo, you immediately gravitate to them and go over and say, how's it going? You know, what stage are you in? And that sort of thing. So it's been a thing. One of the things that I found is that I'm, I, I found that my blessings and my tears, the blessing list is, is longer than, than, the, than the anguish. And I think that that's very important that, um, I'm very blessed that I have a positive attitude and um, I will be having my mastectomy on Monday. And so I am right around the corner from having my body, which is my, you know, is the tool of my trade. I mean, I have stood in front of a mirror since I started dancing when I was 22 months old. And of course, having your body symmetrical and strong and healthy and using it to make your living and to express yourself and to use it for worship. I mean, I, my body is my vehicle. Of, and I'm having to say goodbye to part of it. And it's been a very, very emotional and the waves of acceptance. And then all of a sudden I was, and I use the analogy that I'm standing on a train track and I am waiting for this locomotion just to knock me down because it's coming right at me and I can't get off the track because it's, I'm waiting for it. And then I remembered that somebody said once, run towards your greatest fear and you take its power away. Running away from it gives it power, but you run toward your greatest fear. So I decided that I'm going to dance straight toward that train and I'm going right toward it and, and embrace it and just say, you know, do whatever, do your best. I love that you're going to, that you're going to dance toward the train. That, that seems incredibly fitting. So, so what you mentioned rallying your community together, you know, bringing them together for a blood drive. What has it meant to you to have? that support, the support of your community and their families just rallying around you? Well, one of the things that I am um, basically an only child, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm 70. My father's already passed away. My mother has dementia. So basically, and I have no children. I have no birth children. So basically, I'm going through this without any blood relation. And so to have the family that has chosen me and that I've chosen be as supportive as any, you know, blood relation could be 
is powerful. Um, but the one thing I believe too is that it, everything we do is a dress rehearsal for the next time. So now my kids are going to understand what it's like to support someone that in need. Uh, their parents are, of course, it, it, are just incredible. There's a volunteer group of um, women at my school, about four women, who, because of COVID, we lost our business manager. So they've been doing by volunteering daily to come to the school and you know just the regular administrative. You know, and of course, with COVID, no parents can come in, so they've got to walk the children in class. So basically, they have volunteered their time. Well, as soon as the chemotherapy started, which is you know every week, they added driving me to chemotherapy to their list of job descriptions, and it's a forty-five minute drive. So, and and the infusions are five to eight hours, and they would stay with me the whole time and wouldn't leave me because I kept saying, "Drop me off, I can be." They wouldn't leave me. So that's the kind of community support I have. So that's the blessings that comes from, you know, we just became, a, we, we are, we just are a family. We take care of each other. You know, I've been there where their children have been ill when they've been ill. And so it's just part of it. And um, I, I'm just thrilled that there is that feeling. Uh, the other day I got to ring my bell, but of course it's private and, you know, you, there's no one there. When I went to my school later that week, over 200 people showed up to see me for my, you know, to celebrate my final chemo. And I am of Chinese descent. Instead of having a bell, there's a giant Chinese gong. And it's very loud. And we got to try hit the Chinese gong to uh, uh, celebrate my end of chemo. I love that. I lo- so amazing. And the, the support that you have around you just sounds really amazing. So, so thinking about, you know, the, the girls in your dance school, uh, what do you want all the girls in your dance school to see and learn from watching you navigate this illness? I think number one, to take the word cancer and don't equate it to a death sentence or to a life ending, whether it be death or just the end of your life as you know it. Um, because like I said, we're special, but we're not unique. It's just, it's rampant. I also, in my personal opinion, from what I've seen just in the number of women that have reached out to me, I, I do. I truly believe that there's going to be more than it's going to be more than one in eight kids, uh, mm-hmm. female that are going to have this. Uh, my school is 90% female students, and of course, they're mothers. And I, even though I'm not teaching, I'm sitting in the lobby, and the mothers that are allowed to come in are the of the two and three year old children. I'm, and they're young mothers, and I'm letting them know it's very important that they know that uh, mammograms are not the be all and all. That you have to continue to be aware of your body and conscious of your body and take care of yourself. And, um, but also one thing I did mention is that in prayer works and support and faith, we are not in this alone. There, God has a plan and we are not, we're not driving the bus. We're just on a passenger and our job is to deal with the, you know, what the journey brings. And I will tell you, it's not always easy. And mm. I, I think that's the part too is, be who be you be where you are today and there are days that i'm waking up and i'm just mad why me as hard i never did anything you know i've been so disciplined my whole life to take care of myself and to be the best at what i do and then to have something like this stop me in my tracks and then i gotta remember well i'm not stopped i'm just on a different path you know i'm moving forward i'm like you know i'm I'm traveling uh, the journey you know with great medical care, great, um, you know, family and community support. It's just not the path I chose, which is, is our reminders that we're not in charge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, 
And so I, I noticed this, there's kind of a pervasiveness in your answers where you're very positive and, and upbeat and, and dancing toward the train. And so I'm curious, you know, how have the physical effects been for you? And how, how are you remaining positive, you know, despite not being able to fully do what you love? I think, you know, there's a thing in uh, counseling called reframing your position, you know, redefining where you are. I, one thing I've always said, and I've said it from day one, is number one, is I have never suffered. I am highly inconvenienced and uncomfortable. But compared to what I've heard from other, uh, you know, cancer patients, I have not suffered. You know, chemotherapy was tough and I was nauseous and I sleep a lot. And having to walk across for about three weeks, I'd use a cane. Well, you know, as a dancer, you know, that's embarrassing. And, and, and of course, as a dancer, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a 30 year old trapped in a, with a seven year old, you know, birth certificate. But um, I, uh, you know, just the idea that everything just changed for me. It, but I think the attitude is, you know, choosing joy every day because you have a choice. There's a thing about it. Okay. If I walk up to you and I trip and I pour water on you, you can either go, oh, don't worry about it. Or you can go, you're a jerk. You're an idiot. Why'd you pour water on me? But the one thing that remains true is you're wet. I can be sad, depressed, angry. I can be positive, but no matter what, I still got cancer. So you just have to decide which way you're going to handle it. Um, I'm very fortunate that my bubble or my tribe is very positive. So when I'm feeling fault, you know, I'm faltering, then somebody, you know, is there to remind me that we're positive. Wow. That's such a great perspective and such a great attitude. I really, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So uh, last question, do you have any final advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think to the most important thing is to be kind to yourself and give yourself grace and not have an expectation. One thing about it is, I cannot tell you, I wish I had a dollar for everybody that said, you're my hero, you're an inspiration, you're so brave. Brave is if you stand in front of a moving truck to protect somebody. Accepting cancer and doing what you have to do, you know, in my, how I feel about myself, I don't feel that I'm being brave, and I don't feel that I, I choose to be an inspiration only because I'm a teacher, and that's just the mentality of a teacher. But as far as how I've handled this, that it's an inspiration to other people, you just handle it. But I also realize that I'm very hard on myself. Um, I'm not as lean as I used to be. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate I didn't lose a lot of weight, but I also did gain weight. Well, as a dancer, we don't like to gain weight, right? So that's a, you know, but with no exercise and things don't taste right. So you're constantly trying to eat things or you're just sleeping a lot. So your body just changes. And you just get frustrated at that because like I said, we're very, dancers are very critical of themselves. Just give yourself grace, except where you are today. And if you don't feel particularly heroic, because there's a, you put very high expectations on yourself. When someone tells you, you're my inspiration, you're always so positive, I look up to you, you're my hero. You feel like you have a responsibility to maintain a level of, you know, strength. And sometimes it's just not there. And so I think it's important that we be honest with ourselves and that we are true to ourselves and not have an un, unauthentic uh, approach to it. I think that being real and being accepting, because one thing about me, and I can't speak for everyone, that, but that my dark days last about 15 minutes. They're not particularly dark days. The other thing that I love, love, love about this is the sisterhood. 
the connection, the ability. I mean, you know, you go to MD Anderson and first thing I say is, we have the same hairdo. And then we move on from there because that's a good way to get people because there's a tremendous amount of, um, I don't say gloom, but just introspective people sitting in their own world and not connecting. And so I connect, you know, it's like, I want to be the favorite and the, the, the popular girl at school. So I make sure that people, you know, I, that I make them comfortable, you know, and, and the best way is that is that, you know, I go, how, where, how are you doing with your treatment? And of course, you know, then they start talking and then you share and you find out, you know, everybody has a different journey, but we're all kind of in this together. Wow. I love that. I love that. Well, uh, Cookie Joe, it's been it's such a, such a pleasure to get to speak to you and just hear your perspective. And and I, I think I can safely say for myself and for our listeners that we really appreciate what you've shared with us. Um, and, and we really value your authenticity and, uh, and your just kindness and sharing your life with us today. So thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.